A little bit of Pete Seeger doing Tom Paxton as we talk about one of the most important municipal elections ever coming up this week, local school councils. Betsy Vandercook, a truly extraordinary education activist in Rogers Park, we're really lucky to have her. We have her on today to talk about really an extraordinary number of community residents who are running for these local school councils. So Betsy, welcome to Live from the Heartland. Can you tell us what's the importance of local school councils and why this year might be special for Rogers Park Schools? Sure, I'd be happy to. And Welcome, Bets. Thank you so much for having me on this lovely morning after, <laughs> after the bombings last night, and you know that we can still talk about local schools. Yeah. Um, with local school councils, there's many reasons they're important, but I would say the most important is that Chicago, as you folks know, but maybe not all the listeners know, is the only school district in the state of Illinois that does not have an elected school board. That means that the people in Chicago, that's the community people, the parents, the kids, everybody, has essentially no official voice in how the schools are run. This is not true in Decatur. This is not true in Springfield. This is only true in Chicago since 1995 when Daley had all the power take, given to him and away from the parents and the community. Um, so this is a way. It's a very small, it's both small and big. It's small because a local school council is one council, one school. Right. Um, some of the schools are large, some are small, some are powerful, some are have lots and lots of challenges. Um, but it is a place where once you're elected, that six parents, that two community people, that two teachers, and one non-teaching staff person, could be a custodian, we've talked about, people have read about that a lot in the papers lately, mm -hmm. um, could it be the office staff, whatever, have a voice in how the school is run. And so this is a extremely, it's, it's not well known actually to a lot of people. A lot of people don't even know that there's mm -hmm. local school councils, but it is so important to get involved in it. And wasn't the history of local school councils uh, came about under Harold Washington's uh, education reform? It actually 80s. did. It was very late into Harold Washington's. It was almost before it was he almost died. the end. It was right. eighty-seven, right? right? And he died in, in November in eighty-seven, right? Um, but he started it. There was, and I remember this having kids back in the day. Um, there were a lot of teacher I'm strikes. Sorry, you still have kids. In this yeah, state, yeah. Too. Well, I do have kids, but they're but they're not <laughs> in school. Right. <laughs> but um, there were a number of teacher strikes and bad ones, and yeah. you know, I mean, there was a lot of difficulty, a lot right. of challenges, and there was a nineteen-day. Um, t that was the one that was going on that year. And, and out of that, um, Harold Washington held um, a summit um, and took the revolutionary, revolutionary step of inviting parents to be a part of it. Really, parents would have a say in their own schools. Yeah. And that was sort of the, the, the impetus of, of moving towards schools. Now, I haven't really gone back and researched exactly how it moved from there, but it did move after he died mm -hmm. um, to Springfield and local school councils were established right. back in 88. So this would be right after he died. Right. Um, and they, well, they've run ever since. I mean, that's what I find kind of amazing. I was thinking about this last night, um, that it's, it's 30 years. I mean, so many times we have reforms and we have step forwards. And then, as we know, then we have two steps back. Right. And in this case, it's for 30 years, they've essentially run the way that they started. What I've always been frustrated about having help groups in past election cycles try to promote the very idea of getting candidates and turning up for the elections is how little the powers that be, elected officials uh, currently in office, 
uh, newspaper editorial writers, etc., how little this opportunity for local engagement in schools uh, is just not promoted. It's, it's not valued, and therefore people don't know and don't think of even running, right. even though this could be one of the most critical ways to improve our schools. That is, that is so true. I mean, there's, there's almost no publicity that comes from the powers that be. That's appalling. I mean, when, when have you heard Rahm Emanuel step up in front of people and say, I want you to serve? You know, yeah, you can exactly. just see the Uncle Sam sort exactly. of poster. I want you to serve in local school councils. It, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it You're doesn't absolutely exist. right, Tom. Yeah. This, you know, people have, it's like word of mouth. It's like, you know, my sister ran, and so maybe I'll run now. And so it's, it's not there. And yet people run. And so the, the practice and the, the community engagement probably varies greatly Great. from one end of the city to the other. And what do you know about that? Or it it varies greatly, even within Rogers Park. Right. Um, right. I mean, there's I, I don't know the statistics now. And actually, when you go to the CPS website, it doesn't. It's not exactly. It's transparent and yet not transparent. You can find out who's running for each school. You don't have tallies and percentages. And hopefully, the Sun Times or the Tribune will get to the bottom of that again. Right. Right. But there's every every two years the elections every two years for the whole thing. There's no incumbents who rotate in like a senator or something like that. Everybody's up for election again. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it's it's crazy because there's some schools, um, there's two schools, well, even in Rogers Park, there's only a couple of schools that have contested elections where you have more candidates than Places. you can elect. Mm -hmm. um, there's only two schools. We have six, by the way, we have six, we have five elementary schools, one high school in Rogers Park. There's only two schools, I'm sorry to say, Kilmer and Newfield, that have enough candidates to actually even fill the council. That is, that all of the councils, except for wow. two schools, are going to start short, you know, six sandwiches short of a lunch. Wow. Um, I didn't know, realize that was the case. Even that is the case. That is the case. So let's talk about the parameters. Uh, sure. There's... there's Grammar school and there's high school. Those of us who are just citizens can walk into our grammar school on Wednesday and walk into our high school on Thursday and vote. Right. What are we and what are the parameters? Okay, the parameters are, first of all, you don't have to be a citizen. Thank you. That's, yay! That's right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably the most important thing. You don't have to be documented. You don't have to have papers. You don't have to. What you have to have is two pieces of ID. The ID can be very simple. It can be a utility bill. Uh -huh. You know, your, your sister could have written you from Guatemala or something like that. You just show your address. That's it. And the address is so important. I mean, if you're a parent, you're a parent. And then you're on the list of parents. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a parent, you live within the boundaries of a school. Right. I can tell you, you can go to CPS. You can put in school boundaries. You can click on the map. You can enlarge the map. You can see it. It's a little bit tedious, uh -huh. of course. You know, but generally so it's the closest kinda, grammar school to you. You can kind of figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go, uh, unfortunately, if you go to the wrong one, you have to go to another one. In general, you've got it. And mm -hmm. if you're going to vote for high school, like you said, grammar schools are on on Wednesday, and the high school, our high school is Sullivan High School. Mm -hmm. um, charters, by the way, do not have local school councils. Oh. Surprise! Have, surprise! Surprise! Are we shocked? <laughs> no local you know? oversight of no. privately managed charter schools that get public money. No, Tom. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, sarcasm, dripping sarcasm in here, folks, just in case you can't tell. Right. But for Sullivan, it's super easy because basically if you live in Rogers Park, you know, for all practical purposes. That's your high school. Uh, that's your, and that goes all the way from the lake over to Western Avenue and from Devon 
all the way up, actually Arthur, a little bit north. So Arthur, all the way up to Evanston. Very good. So you can figure you can vote for Sullivan. Mm -hmm. And what has happened because of LSC and PACs? Um, you want to explain that question, Tom? Parent advisory councils have grown up alongside the elected school councils to supplement that effort. And in some schools, they're very strong. Uh, they tend to be where maybe an international dinner to raise some money to get new Correct. stuff. So in happen. this case, PACS is like our, our PTA. Correct. Okay. A PAC is like, a, and there's also a bilingual council, too, if you have bilingual classes. Uh -huh. you know, um, and there's also friends. What we're really trying to do in Rogers Park, and this is elsewhere, too, for so long there have not been friends organizations. Friends are, are friends really... Friends of Kilmer, friends, friends of, of Kilmer, Field. Friends of Kilmer, friends of Field, and they do uh -huh. have a Friends of the Fields. Um, Gail now has um, Grow Kids at Gale, that's their uh -huh. friends organization. It's a 501c3. Right. Um, and it's so needed because guess what? There's not enough money, even with, you know, and a really extraordinary funding bill that passed last summer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazingly good compared to what we used to have. In fact, some people have said it's really the best in the country. Now. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's because the, the schools, I mean, we don't have enough time to get into the whole law, but the schools who have the least resources, in other words, low property taxes are available, right. um, get the most money from it. How about that? That's an How excellent about that? change. How Thank about that? You. And the new really money good. that goes to it, 99% of the new money go to schools in need. 1% goes to the schools like Highland Park or something like that. That already have them. Who that knew? is so wonderful. I mean, are we living? We passed the other night. We passed a school in uh, on Berry Street in Lincoln's, uh, just west of Lincoln Park, mm -hmm. with the beautiful chicken yard and the beautiful garden. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And and how wow! It would be great to have that in our schools for our kids to be playing with the feeding the chickens Absolutely. and growing stuff. Um, and speaking of which, we have uh, still have a campaign to get the clinic at Gale. Do you know anything about the clinic? I don't Gale? know of if okay. that has succeeded or not. They're they're talking to Loyola this week. Okay, so, so anybody who crossed. hasn't fingers crossed sign up on the uh, right the smart and clinic is the still, smart right. clinic still rolling along right. Yeah. And I know what a difference it makes because there are smart clinics both at Sullivan and Kilmer. Yeah, and um, the principals just can't speak highly enough about the difference that it's made. I mean, the principal at Kilmer was just saying that kids have gone through, you know, like getting checked out and stuff like that. There were kids who needed like medical operations, needed surgery that they didn't know about until they went to the smart clinic. Can you give us a quick rundown of what's actually happening in the six schools that have folks up for election, beginning with field because you can vote twice? <laughs> <laughs> so well, Chicago I, of us. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm not going to go through the names of the candidates or something like that, you know. Um, but in, in field, you have a contested election for um, the community people. By the way, for every school, because I'm not here to, like, name every name of the people I like personally that are running or something like that. But there are a, a number of people. Very big of you. Yeah, this is very kind of me. And yes. I'm one of the people running, by the way. Yes, I, I, I was going to mention that myself. Um, but um, there is a contested election there. In any of these schools where there's contested elections, well, any school, you can go in. The principal has posted, we each write out a statement about what we're trying to accomplish or what our qualifications are. Those are publicly posted. So even in the case that you just didn't know about right. this election until you're listening to this program, right. I would really say this is such an opportunity to get inside a school. 
You know, maybe you don't know that much about this particular election. Maybe they don't even have a contested election. Some of the schools don't have contested elections. But hasn't everybody, you know, especially if you haven't sent your kids to the public schools or don't have kids to send to the public schools, thought, like, what's that school like inside? I've never, and it's like, why would you go inside? You know, what's my excuse? I don't, you know, you have to get buzzed in. They all have super security and stuff like that. Well, this is your chance. Yeah. You can step inside of a Rogers Park or an Edgewood water or a Albany Park or a Logan Square school on Wednesday and Thursday and take a look around. You could ask at the office. You could say, what does it look like? I would like to look for a second. Mm. Feel familiar and comfortable with your school. Mm. So why did you decide to run for local school council? I, th- two reasons. One is I think it's, well, I've worked from the outside, that is, with advocacy for a number of years, and that's been great, and we've been very successful, especially in limiting and actually stopping charter expansion. But there's something to be said for being on the inside, too, and having that voice. Also, when you go to a Board of Education meeting and say, I'm from the LSC of blah, blah, blah school, and really having the members sit up and take notice and say, oh, you're not just... Betsy Vandercook from blah, 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 blah. Just a citizen. Just a citizen. (laughs) Oh, I'm only a citizen, right? Or whatever, right? The other thing is is that that I've met through the struggles we've had, and I'm also a member of Network 49. That's the progressive um, political organization, independent organization within Rogers Park. I've met a number of men and women who are active currently in the LSC, who are LSC members, and they're fabulous. And being a member of an LSC, one of the things we really want to do is create a network of a real working network. We have an informal network, but we want a working network of the people who are LSC members. And you can do that. I can, you know, I can wave my arms around and say, you guys do that over there, please, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I'm within it, I think, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little bit more effect. Betsy, one more time. This is the, the election for the elementary schools is on Wednesday. It's on Wednesday. It's from six in the morning to seven at night. That's what I was after the times, yeah. Exactly. And and just for like the high schools. Day. Just like election day. Right. And um and people can go out there and campaign too. And people are gonna be going out there and campaigning. You know, you <clears throat> you, Betsy, were uh, uh almost single handedly uh whipped us all into shape to get the referendum on the ballot, which won with 62% of the vote. 11,000 votes? 11,000 votes. Say what, votes. The, what, the, what it was. Uh, and it was to uh, freeze charter of development, expansion, or consideration of any kind in our ward. For, Correct, in the 49th ward. In the 49th yes. ward, which has been a great thing to to have as a backup. It uh, is. A couple of times since then where we did push back against uh, possible expansion of charters. Um <clears throat> What I want to uh, credit you with is uh, getting all of us out there, those of us who did partake in getting signatures, but also in the voting itself. I remember standing in front of field, um, passing literature to parents, and, and th- by doing so, finding out just how vast the international span of our school children are and their parents, yeah. who are basically bringing their kids to school not understanding me, my language. This is correct. And 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 yet, delivering their children their most precious gift, to to the step up, you know, for them. Thank you it's, for it's exposing such, us all. It's a responsibility for us. I mean, I know at Kilmer, I, I, we're probably almost out of time. I know that oh. school the best. It's two blocks away from me. They have thirty-seven languages there. Um, 
it's it's just incredible. They have spe- besides bilingual in Spanish, of course. They have they have special tutors in French, special tutors in Arabic, special tutors in Urdu, um, and then a multitude of other languages. They just can't afford tutors for every single language, so they have sure. ESL. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that they accomplish what they accomplish with what they do, and it's just. It would be such an honor to be able to work on the budget and support the principal and develop a, a school improvement plan. I mean, those are the three things that you do. Yeah. Um, you know, with Kilmer, and I know other people are feeling the same for Gail, for Jordan, for Field, for Newfield, for Sullivan. So the, you've started to answer my next question, which is what do you hope to bring to the efforts at Kilmer? What specific things in development of a, of a plan for the next three years? Uh, are you hoping to influence the conversation there, Rob? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, but, well, I mean, I'm going to be there, first of all, to make sure they have a quorum. I mean, some of these places, you know, I mean, we have a long ways to go. And there's some places, even if they have, you know, almost enough parents or whatever, then people don't show up. And they don't have quorums, and they get nothing done. Uh. Something to be said for that. Um, then there's several things we want to do. I talked about the network already, creating the network. Um, another thing that we want to work on is building an alliance between local businesses and the arts. And, um, you know, there's the GoFundMe pages, that kind of thing. But really go to local businesses and say, you know, if it's Rogers Park Social or Uncommon Ground or whatever around Kilmer, right. and say, and other schools could do this. Right. And then say, could you give us $500 and have a teaching artist there for a week? You know, a storyteller, a visual artist, whatever. Sweet. You know, stuff like that. So it's it's those kinds of Things that we're trying to do, yeah. Collaborations, yeah. Uh, Bessie Vandercook, uh, you know, we really love public education. We believe in it. Uh, it's under attack nationally. We have a uh, head of education appointed by the Trump is uh, a woman named De- Betsy DeVoe. Betsy DeVoe, Can yes. you give us a little overview about what's going, the struggle for public education, not only in Chicago, but Illinois and beyond? Nationally. <laughs> It's a struggle. You said it. I mean, we have a we have a struggle on every front because of Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I I don't want to single out education as the one place that we have to fight for. Is there's affordable housing? There's I mean, it just goes on and on and on. There's peace in our world. You know, um, you know, but on education, I mean, it's it's more of an uphill struggle now because Betsy DeVos comes from Michigan. Michigan has one of the most negatively impacted school systems because of privatization there. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article in the New York Times Magazine maybe six months ago now or something that I was shocked. There, there's a thing called growth that you have for students, which is, you know, from year over year how much they improve. Yeah. Right? And it's real Distance important. Distance traveled. Yeah. It's real important right. along with attainment. Right. And with growth, um, Michigan has dropped to the lowest scoring school school organization system. in system in the entire country. Yeah. I mean, this Michigan, this University of Michigan, this Ann Arbor, these are, this is a smart, rich state. Tell it, sister. Tell you know? <laughs> and, and because of privatization, this is where they've gone. It's shocking. And these are the schools that Betsy DeVos has... Uh, right. uh, Backpack back back full, full of cash, yeah. If, if you haven't seen it, folks, see it, because what Betsy is describing nationwide is really covered and uh, to a depressing clarity in that film. Uh, uh, and I, I think, you know, when you talk about the whole realm of things we have to be crazed about, uh, public education being a, a starting point for citizenship um, seems to be maybe one of the more basic and more important. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, and, and it's, it's not hanging by a thread. I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, it's, you know, I just would like to say one thing about, well, not just the film, but also on charters, because we're looking at somebody 
who had a real effect on charters nationwide, and that's Paul Vallis. Right. Um, you know, that I understand he's not mentioned by name in the film, but he should be. Um, oh, yeah, he, I he think went he to, is. Maybe. Yeah, um, he, he went is. to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and Philadelphia. And Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah, and he screwed up all the systems. And New yeah. Orleans is about 90% charter, if not more now. Right. Um, it's completely flipped. And he's coming back here on saying that he used, and it's true, he used to be budget director for under Daly, and he was the first head of schools in 95 once it was all brought back to Daly. Right. And that's what he does. He privatizes schools, and yeah. people should know that. Betsy, uh, early on in the charter school, uh, as they started to develop, there were a number of people that we know who consider themselves to be progressives who were involved in early charter yeah, schools. Absolutely. What was the shift? When did charter schools move from being kind of a cool thing within the public school system to, to becoming really special. the enemy of public education? Right. I think like so many things, and I, I totally agree. And and I used to I I was working on a little committee to start a ch arts charter school maybe like a decade ago or something like that, you know. And I look back and I go, God. Hope nobody brings that up. That's <laughs> like, shoot, that was really kind of embarrassing, you know. But you're absolutely right, Michael. Um, it was it was started. The whole idea was started by teachers. The idea was to have a uh, um, kind of a, a a laboratory where new ideas could be tried out, where you wouldn't have to work under the sometimes very heavy bureaucracy of of, of a school board right. and, and school district. And like so many other, I mean, how many other good ideas are there that, that this has happened to where business comes in and they takes it over? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not rare in the United States for that to happen or in capitalism for that to happen. It just makes the conversation a little more difficult to, yeah. to do the nuances. So I just want to remind people that uh, to bring this national dynamic back closer to home, uh, when Paul Vallis became the budget czar and got all sorts of credit uh -huh. for balancing the budget, that's when the pension holiday started. A teacher's pension fund that was yeah. in, yes. the black in the black started going in the red as a result of Paul Vallis's kicking the can down the road. Absolutely. And so to my mind, that's the big thing that ought to be said as the newspapers and other people try to promote him as the, the great hope against Rom. Um, Absolutely. That's a really good point, Tom. Thank so, you for bringing that up. Betsy Vandercook, thank you for your activism. Thank you for getting yourself down here on a rainy, windy day. And thank you for running for local school council this week, the elections. Kilmer? Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. Right. You all know, across the city. the city. Anywhere in the city. Not just Rogers Park. Every, all, all public 450 schools. or so of the public schools. Not the charters. Don't go to your local charter to vote. You can't. Plus 17-year-olds plus and up can vote, right? 18. 18-year-olds and up. 18 and up, yes. Yeah, so yes. Every, all, everybody. Everybody. Not, please, please, if you've never done it before. And if you've never it, seen the inside of a school before. Do it. Or the school where you're near, please go. This Bless is your, your chance. Heart. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Betsy. You rock so hard, baby. Oh. Thank you, thank you. Right you, are, you are listening to Live from the Heartland. We will be right back with our special guest, Joseph Morganfield, son of Muddy Waters.